The message you are listening to was recorded by Campus Outreach for the 2017 New Year's Conference. More information about New Year's Conference can be found at newyearsconference.com. All right. Good to see you guys again. Like I said, when I was up with my wife, Sam, my name is Paul Poteet. Uh, often when I'm speaking with her, I feel a lot more confident. She's kind of like my security blanket, so I'm, I'm up here on my own trying to step out in confidence. Um, I love the testimonies that we've had here at the conference because I often think this. Whenever I speak and there's a testimony before I'll share anything, I just kind of feel like that's probably enough. Like what Ashley just said hits on, I mean, I've never met Ashley. We've never talked. I'm sure she's in here. I'm now understanding what Muche was saying. Like I see vague shadows of all of you because of these lights. But if you're out there, Ashley, we haven't talked. And so much of what you said is what I want to talk about which is always amazing how the Lord works that together. And it's so much more powerful when it's one of you that gets to share stuff like that as opposed to some speaker, myself, or Muche, because it's, it's like your peer. And if they're doing it, then you can do it as well. So thank you for sharing. That's really powerful. Um, I wanted to start off and just compare a couple of ways that Muche and myself are different. Um, I don't know if you can tell, we, we have, there's a lot of resemblance going on, but we are very different people. We both have beards, you might have realized that. A lot of people that have never seen me with a beard have really been complimentary of my beard while I've been here, so thank you for that. Um, Aaron Cron, especially, has, has gone out of his way to really make me feel uh, confident with this. Uh, one thing is, Mucci just always, like he was talking to our staff this morning, and as he communicates, he's just smiling. And when I'm communicating, I think people feel like I'm angry. Um, so imagine that I, this is my happy face and that I'm really excited to be here when I'm looking like this. Like this is because it's just I just can't do it like he does. Another thing is, you know, Muchi is not his name. His, his full name is, and I don't know if he's in here. Um, it's long. That's why he's got his nickname. But Onye Moche Chekwu, which means... No one knows God's mind, which is a pretty cool meaning for a name. And he, he abbreviated it down to Muche, which is kind of like Spanish for more, right? Like greater. So his, his nickname means greater. I don't know if you're aware of this. The name Paul is Latin for small. And my last name... Potite is French and kind of, you know, favors petite, which the guys are probably like, this is already over your head. But the ladies know that's kind of like smaller. So my name means small, small. And, and Moochie's name means greater. And uh, just lots of similarity going on there. Um, so he wins. You know, he wins in the name thing. He's, he's smiling. He, he does. He wore that, that short sleeve hoodie with confidence. Um, I, can't, I can't do that. But uh, this, this is, one way we're very different is, this is his first Campus Outreach Conference, and this is my 20th. Like, this is my 20th anniversary of, yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Applause because it's like, You've lived this long, Paul. Like, we're excited that you've lived these 20 years. Um, and, uh, and so if you're thinking, you know, I would like to speak at one of these conferences one day. You got 20 years. Like, hunker down because it's going to take a while. 
Um, I grew up, because a few people have asked this, I grew up in South Carolina, moved up to Minneapolis in uh, 2003, and so I, I feel very Minnesotan, like I am a Vikings fan. So I, I'm, I'm excited about them today. Um, my daughters, you know, Maddox is nine, Sophie is seven, they are Minnesotan. And, uh, and, and yet me and my wife are transplants, but Minnesota has been our home for a long time. And I oversee the ministry of campus outreach in Minneapolis. So for some of you, this is the best way to understand that. I am the Mike Jackson of Minneapolis. And, and you know, if this is my happy face, then Mike's happy face is kind of like. <laughs> so when Mike comes up here, on the, on the, which he, he gets the last word, so I got to be careful here. But when he's up here speaking, and he's just kind of like this, just know that he loves you. And he is happy and excited to be talking to you. Um, now, I hope that none of that is taking my time. Oh, it's not. Thank you, guys. I'll stop with the stand-up routine and kind of dive in. Um, so what I want to talk about with you guys is greater authenticity. And, and authenticity is something that isn't new. Like you might think like that's kind of a more catchy kind of idea, like authentic, be authentic, be true to yourself, be real. But it's been around for a while. Here's my proof. So here's a quote. This is the, the test of how in sync are me and my PowerPoint guys. So Homer said in 10 BC, hateful to me as the gates of Hades is that man who hides one thing in his heart and speaks another. So you, you, you feel one way, you think one thing, but you say something else. That, that is not being authentic. And he said, that's like hell to not be authentic. Um, here's another one. We're moving up through the, through the years, like just strolling through the centuries. Shakespeare in Hamlet, he said, this above all, to thine own self be true. And it must follow as the night and the day, thou canst not then be false to any man. Like the most important thing is that you are true to yourself. That was the 1500s. Then let's see another little stroll through the centuries. Gandhi, in the, the late, I don't know if he said this in the late 1800s, early 1900s, he said, be congruent, be authentic, be your true self. Like, be authentic. That, that's what we're supposed to do. And it's, the, it's like the heroic story of the day. Like, what matters more in our culture, almost than anything else, is that you're being real. Like you're being authentic. We see it everywhere. A couple of places, you know, maybe this kind of gives you a clue into my life stage right now. Um, it's seen in, in these fancy things, Frozen, you know. Uh, I have daughters, and I've seen this movie a lot. Uh, it's in uh, other ones, Moana, Beauty and the Beast, X-Men. You, you can just roll them. La La Land, Silver Linings Playbook, it's all over Instagram, it's all over Facebook, like people changing sports teams, it's in songs, it's in advertisements, yeah, all that stuff. All of these, whether you know it or not, are, like you might have seen these movies, I'm sure you guys have seen Moana a dozen times, and you just never realize that it's just all about, like, be true to yourself, like, be authentic, be, be honest, and, and on Instagram, like, everyone's post is like, hashtag no filter. You know, like, you've got to be real. Like, that is when you know, like, this, this is a good post. Brittany, I know you're getting trained, so here's another little note. Hashtag no filter. That's a good one to use at some point. Jorgen, use it. Um, and you can just go on and on of all the places and all the ways that we're called to, to be authentic. Here, here it gets a little more serious. Like, um, there, there's a lot of this hashtag me too. Like, that's people being authentic and talking about what's real in their life. 
um, people who are, are, are coming out on social media about their, their sexuality. Like that is so celebrated in our culture. Like so many things about like don't hide, be honest. That is what we love more than anything else in our culture. And in a lot of ways, it's a beautiful thing. Like the, the hashtag Me Too, like if, if we were doing like a serious year in review like the MCs did the first night or whatever, that should be in there because that has been such a powerful thing in this year. And, and it's a, I'm so thankful for that. But it's people who are being authentic. They're being honest. They're being real. So when I talk about authenticity and show Frozen and Moana and sports teams and whatnot, don't think that I'm saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a really good thing. It should be celebrated. But here's the catch. Why is it that being honest about yourself, being true to yourself, being real about all these different things in our culture is so celebrated? But being honest about being a Christian, talking to someone about how you believe in Jesus, like that ain't celebrated. There's not many hashtags. There's not this movement of hashtag I love Jesus on anything. Because, you know, I, and, and I, I'm in this boat, like on my Facebook profile, when it gives like religious, like I didn't want to put Christian or Jesus. I'm not saying that you should necessarily because there's like strategic ways of how you want to profile yourself, your brand. I don't want, I don't want that to be my brand. Maybe that's the way to say it. But the point is, why is authenticity so celebrated? And it's just this beautiful story in all the movies. Like, at, we were talking as a family about going to see the movie Coco yesterday, but we weren't able to for different reasons. But we're going to go see it. And I was showing my girls the trailer. And in the trailer, it says, you've got to follow your heart. And I'm just guessing. I haven't seen the movie, but it's probably going to be about authenticity, about following your heart, about something like that. Why is all that so celebrated, but yet being honest about your faith isn't? Being honest about what you believe isn't celebrated. Because it, we're telling people, we're talking about this being the most central thing about us, right? Remember Mucci's talks? Like, we are a new creation. He has changed us, a radical reorientation of our lives around what Jesus Christ has done. And yet, we, we're not authentic about that. We're not honest about that. So what I want to talk about with you guys is can we be honest and authentic about what we believe. Like, can we do that? And how do we do that? And to help us do that, I want to look at a passage in the Gospel of John. Uh, it's John chapter 4. I have a little excerpt of that that I want on the screen, but, but because it picks up mid-story. Jesus and his disciples are traveling. They're in Samaria. The Jews and the Samaritans are enemies. Um, there, there's a lot of racial conflict between the, those two people groups. And he sends his disciples into town, and Jesus stays at this well. And while he's there, he has a conversation with this woman. And they talk for a little bit about a number of things, and then eventually she realizes, this is Jesus. Like, this is the Messiah. And I, I think that's where my, my verse is, John chapter 4, verses 27 to 30. It says, just then his disciples came back, and they marveled that he was talking with the woman. But no one said, what do you seek? Or why are you talking with her? So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? And they went out of the town 
and were coming to him. Like, so she has this experience. She goes and talks to the town, and the whole town comes out to learn more about Jesus. Like, I don't know about you, but that's pretty good evangelism. Like, that's pretty good, like, sharing about what you believe. That, that's, that's a pretty good deal. So what did she do? What can we learn from her to help us be authentic about what we believe? Um, first, simplicity. I think there's three things. The first one is simplicity. When she comes out, what does she say? Is that You can go back to the verse. Is it up there? Go back to the John passage. Um, her quote, come See a man who told me everything I've ever done. Like, that is not a complex way to understand your faith. He, she just says, come see a man. And I think that's so important about understanding what Christianity is. It's not a, a list of rules or things that you need to do or how you can get to God. Every other religion is about that. Like, if it was, if it was Buddha... Buddha would not say, come see me. He would say, you need to follow the eightfold path. Muhammad would not say, come see me. They would just say, we're just men. You need to walk the five pillars of Islam. But with Christianity, it is not about what you do. It is everything about what has been done for you. It's about Jesus. It's about who he is. He says, come see me. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. It's not about things you do. It's about a person. Another way to think about it is it's not about good advice. It's about good news. Uh, there's a, a, a pastor that I like. His name's Tim Keller. This is what he says. Good news versus good advice. Here's why that difference is so important. Advice is counsel about what you must do. News is a report about what has already been done. Advice urges you to make something happen. News urges you to recognize something that has already happened and respond to it. Advice says it's all up to you to act. News says someone else has acted. And so when this woman goes and talks to the town, she just says, you need to come see Jesus. You need to come meet this man. He told me everything that I've ever done. She hadn't been, she hadn't read her Bible. Now they didn't have Bibles, but she couldn't read it. Um, she didn't go to optional seminars. She didn't have, like, all this apologetic training. It, it, she had maybe, I, I think, in this interaction, she became a Christian. She put her faith in Christ, and right off the bat, she's just been honest and authentic about the change that's happened in her life with zero training. It was really simplistic. It's just, th this, is, this is what has happened to me. But we have to be careful because it's really easy to say, yeah, I, I believed in Jesus a few years ago and I started doing this and now my life's great and you should do it too. And it can really sound like Christianity is not about Jesus and his life, his perfect life and his death on the cross and rising from the dead. Like those are events that have happened that can come into our life. But it's easy to make Christianity sound like Buddhism or Islam, and talk about it as a list of things that you do as opposed to a radically different thing, which is about a person. When we say the word gospel up here and you hear the word gospel, the gospel, gospel means, what does the gospel mean? This is, this is like your chance to respond. It means good, good news. So it's not good advice. It's something that has happened, that Jesus has broken into our world to rescue us. So the power of the gospel is not that we do anything, but that Jesus is and has done 
everything for us. And so you don't have to know a lot to be authentic about your faith. Just talk about Jesus. Just talk about who he is and what he's done. It's real simple. Second thing it is, it's not only simple, but it's authentic. So simplicity and then authenticity. And I say this because the Samaritans that came from the town believed because of her testimony. I mean, that's another reason that I love Ashley's testimony and um, Emmanuel's testimony and uh, Austin. I remember his name because Austin Earp and his, his like great uncle or, or great, great, great uncle is Wyatt Earp. It's amazing. Um, he didn't say that either. He could have said that in his testimony, but he was so humble. So I'm, I'm saying that for him. Um, <clears throat> but all of their testimonies are they're just talking about what's happened to them. Like what's happened in their lives. And that's what this woman does. She goes and she talks about what's happened in her life. And when we say that we believe in Christ and that we're a Christian, what we're saying is that it has radically changed our lives. Like everything is new. The old is gone. The new has come because of what Jesus has done. And so when you don't talk to people about that, when you don't let other people know that that's happened in your life, you're being a liar. Like, you, you aren't being true about who you are. You're hiding the central, most important thing about you when you don't say that. And, and, and so we, we need to, you've short-circuited the way that relationships work. Like, if, if you were, most of you in here single, but we did the relationships talk. Let's go back to that for a moment. If you're talking with someone and, you, and you're like on an airplane, you're talking with this guy for a long time and... You know, you're talking about, like, you're thinking, oh, maybe he likes me or some of that. And then, like, towards the end of the conversation, he's like, oh, yeah, and I'm married. You're going to think, like, wait, what? Like, you just had this long conversation, and the whole time you were married? Like, that is a pretty important detail. And, and it's kind of the same thing. Like, th just like marriage changes who you are. It's a sacred covenant that changes everything. You're no longer single. If you're a Christian, everything about you has been redefined. And that you wait and 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 don't talk about that. It's just not how relationships work. In relationships, you talk about things that are important to you. You talk about things that you love. You talk about who you really are. And all that I'm trying to say is, remember, authenticity is celebrated today. And I don't think people are going to hate you for being authentic and being real. On that point, just a little, little sidestep. Maybe your authenticity is not that you're a Christian, but it's that you're not a Christian. And, and you're in here. There are some of you in here. Thank you for coming to this conference. It, 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 like, there, I don't, I don't want to make this awkward, but so we're not, do not applause. But you are the brave ones. You are the ones who, who I, I, in some ways, wish we could hear your testimony. And I want to encourage you to be honest about that. If you don't believe this stuff, be authentic. If you're maybe you're close or you're asking questions, but you have doubts, be authentic. Like, talk about your doubts with people. Talk about your faith. Talk about your doubts. Talk about your lack of faith. Wherever you are, I'm just encouraging you to be real, to be authentic. Hashtag no filter. Like, do it on any end of that spectrum. And thank you that you would have the courage to come to something like this and to even talk about it. There's a lot that we can learn from you. Whenever someone is here and they're not a, not a Christian, I love asking, like, what did you think about this? Because, we're, I mean, this is my 20th one. I've, this is not my first rodeo. It's, it's very familiar to me. 
but someone, this is your first one, and, and all of this is new, I just love to hear your thoughts. There's so much to learn if you would be authentic. And I think there's so much that you could learn from your friends if they would be authentic. And so can you, can you talk about that? It, it cultivates depth in a powerful way. Um, and, and I want depth in a relationship. And that's what we do with everything else. Like if you like something, you celebrate it. I mean, I, I was thinking about things. We do it with movies, songs, food. Like if you eat somewhere and the food is really good, what's the first thing you want to do when you talk to people? Like, man, if you're going to eat, I went to this place, Stacked. It was a hamburger place last night. And have you guys been to Stacked? It's, it's, it's a little bit of a, if, if you walk there, you would die because you would freeze. But the hamburgers were unbelievable. Kind of like Red Cow. Minneapolis people have ever been to Red Cow. It's a good hamburger place. When you eat somewhere that's really good, you want to talk about it. Like Moochie, he loves his coffee, and he talked about it. Like this is the natural overflow of things you enjoy, things that, that, that you, you love, you talk about. Would you do that with your faith? Because here's, here's a quote from a, a guy in this article, The Atlantic. He, it's about atheists. This is an atheist. And he says, I really can't consider a Christian a good moral person if he isn't trying to convert me. Because what he's saying is, if you're saying this is the most important thing in the world, and this is what you believe, and you're not going to talk to me about it, then how can you really be a good Christian? Like the whole point is that God has changed your life, but you don't want to talk about God. That doesn't make sense. But to make that point even clear, here's a clip. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, I get home from the show. And at the end of the show, as I've mentioned before, we go out and we, uh, we talk to folks and, you know, sign an occasional autograph and shake hands and so on. And there was one guy waiting over to the side in the, um, what I call the hover position after I was all done. Big guy, probably about my age. Big guy. And um, he had been the... Um, the guy who has uh, picks the joke during our psychic comedian section of the show. Uh, so he had the props from that in his hand because we give those away. He had the uh, the joke book and the and the envelope and the paper and stuff. If you haven't seen the live show, uh, it's not worth explaining. But he had props from the show that we'd given him from the night before. Uh, he wasn't the guy that night, and he walked over to me and he said. Um, I was here last night at the show, and uh, uh, I saw the show and I liked it. I wanted. He was very complimentary about my use of language and um, complimentary about, you know, honesty and stuff. He said nice stuff. No reason to go into it. He said nice stuff. And then he said, "I brought this for you," and he handed me a uh, Gideon Pocket Edition. Um, I thought it said from the New Testament, but I also thought it was Psalms from the New Testament, right? Or, uh, Psalms from the New, just part of the New Testament. Little book about this big, this thick, you know. He said, I wrote in the front of it, and I wanted you to have this. I'm kind of uh, proselytizing. And then he said, I'm a businessman. I'm, I'm sane, I'm not crazy. And he looked me right in the eye and did all of this. And uh, it was really wonderful. I believe he knew that I was an atheist.
but he was not uh, defensive. And he looked me right in the eyes. And he was truly complimentary. It wasn't in any way, it didn't seem like empty flattery. He was really kind and nice and sane and looked me in the eyes and talked to me. And then gave me this Bible. And I've always said, you know, that I, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe that there's a heaven and hell and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think that, uh, well, it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward. And atheists who think that people shouldn't proselytize, just leave me alone, keep your religion to yourself. Uh, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate somebody to believe that everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? I mean, if I believed beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you didn't believe it, that truck was bearing down on you, there's a certain point where I tackle you. And this is more important than that. And I've always thought that, and I've written about that, and I've thought of it conceptually. This guy was a really good guy. He was polite and honest and sane, and he cared enough about me to proselytize and give me a, a Bible, which had written in it a little note to me, uh, not very personal, but just, you know, liked your show and so on, and then like five phone numbers for him and an email address if I wanted to get in touch. Now, I know there's no God, and one polite person living his life right doesn't change that. Uh, but I'll tell you, he was a very, very, very good man. And uh, that's really important. And with that kind of goodness, uh, it's okay to have that deep of a disagreement. I still think that religion does a lot of bad stuff, but man, that was a good man who gave you that book. That's all I wanted to say. So you might pick up that he, uh, he's a magician, pen and teller, they do a magic act. And there's two things that I think are really powerful about that clip. I mean, obviously, just the thought, how much do you have to hate someone to not talk to them about your faith if that's what you really believe? I mean, just be authentic. I mean, that's all he's kind of asking, I believe, is be, be honest about what you believe. And secondly, he's an outspoken atheist. And he, he, I mean, I can tend to think like to go around and hand out a Bible like that. It's just not how I would think to do it. But for him, that just promoted some good, honest, he talked about depth and like eye to eye. It, 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 he appreciated that. And I just think that there's people out there that if we're just honest about what we believe, it's not going to be this, I don't, don't have an argument. Just talk about what's happened in your life and you're not going to die. Like he, he wasn't going to kill him, um, and, and they, they connected, and I just think that kind of connection is possible for us as we're authentic about our faith and just real about what's happened, and it, it's been convicting. Like even since we've been here, I don't know if you've had this conversation, but uh, people that aren't a part of our conference walk by and say things like, hey, what's going on here? Like what are you guys doing? And it's easy for me to just say, oh, it's just a college conference. Um, yeah, see ya. <laughs> but I, this has been on my mind. So I'm like, no, I want to be authentic. Like, I want to be honest about what, we've, what we're doing. 
and that we're, we're, this is a college conference and we're trying to help people wherever they are in their journey just understand more about who Jesus Christ is. And it's because it's changed my life and I want to see other people's life changed. And everyone has been really polite and it's not been awkward and I've had a few longer conversations and just being honest. So authenticity like that breeds depth and and real freedom to talk about ideas, and it shows that you respect people and you respect what they believe, and you can learn from them and have an exchange like that. So, first thing is sh- there's simplicity, there's authenticity. Last thing, bravery. Uh, what's really amazing in this passage is that that what she says, like her her lead-in, is come see a man who told me everything I ever did, and if you, if you know the story. Like, for starters, he's a Jew, and she's a Samaritan, and they don't talk to each other. He's a man, and she's a woman, and they don't talk to each other. And beyond that, she has had five different men that she's lived with, and she's currently living with a guy who's not her husband. And not, not only, I mean, she's, I, I'm sure she's thinking the whole time, He's, he's a man, he's talking to me, that's kind of weird. He's a Samaritan, he's talking to me. I mean, she says that. How is it that you, a Jew, talk to me, a Samaritan, and, and a man talk to me, a woman? But I bet she's hoping the whole time, please don't ask about my husband. Like, let's not go there. Like, at least he doesn't know that. Like, this is going pretty well. This is already in risky territory, but if he knew that, if he knew that about me, then this would be over. Now, everyone in town knew that about her. It was probably no secret of who this woman was, right? I mean, she's going to get water in the middle of the day. Everyone else, and she's the only woman there. Why isn't she going with the other women to get water? Because she's an outcast. No one wants to talk to her. Everyone thinks that she's this immoral person. And she comes back to town. And she shares what's happened to her. And they all believe. Like, how is she able to do that? Like, how could she, this moral outcast, come and share with the whole town, men and women, in, in, in such a way that they go out to meet with Jesus? Like, that is unbelievable. And I think it's because when she's talking with Jesus, he says, it's not, I don't know if it's up there, chapter 4, verse 16, he says to her, go call your husband and come here. And I bet she thought, oh, like, here it is. And he said, and she said, I, I have no husband. And he said, you know, you're right. And saying you have no husband, for you've had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you've said is true, and he still gives her living water. He, he knows everything about her. Full authenticity. Like, God knows everything about you. Beyond the things that you think might bring you public shame. Like, I think that's why we don't want to talk about our faith. I mean, even Penn says that. Like, it would make it socially awkward. Or what are people going to think about me? Or Christians have a certain stereotype, and I don't want to fit in that stereotype. And I don't want to lose my social status or whatever. So I'm not going to open my mouth about what I believe. People are going to ask you, what did you do over the, over the break? And I don't know that you're going to say, I went to this conference, and we talked a lot about Jesus, and it really impacted my life. <laughs> it's probably going to be, oh, I mean, I went to Milwaukee. They're going to say, why did you go to Milwaukee? Um, can you be authentic and real? And the reason that she could is because the maker of heaven and earth, the Messiah, knew everything about her and loved her still. 
And that is who Jesus Christ is. If you believe that about you, that he knows everything and loves you still. He doesn't say, get your act together and then come to me. He says, come to me now. That's the invitation of the gospel. Sinners, come and, and experience forgiveness and acceptance and life in Christ. And, and, and have your sins washed away forever. And, and then just go tell people about what's happened. Like just, just be honest. Be authentic about your life. And I think if that's really happened in your life, and you believe that you're okay, you're cool now with the king of the universe, that hopefully it could help you remember in that opportunity with your roommate, with someone in your class, with someone in your dorm or on your team or in your sorority or whatever, that you could talk about how Christ has changed your life. And, and it, it gives you bravery because he's seen everything and he knows everything and loves you still. So to go talk to other people about it is a small step compared to that. So it, it's, it's kind of like what we said in our relationships talk. We want to be fully known and fully loved. And as Jesus offers you that in the gospel, the good news of the gospel, and as you embrace that, then my hope is that you would then just go and be authentic, be real, be true to yourself, and have conversations that cultivate depth and respect and freedom in, in interaction like that with a greater authenticity. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you so much for what you have done for us on the cross through your son. It's amazing that her lead-in to talk about her faith is, come see a man who told me everything I've ever done. Like, he knows all of the sin in my life, and you should get to know him. That seems like such an intimidating thing until we understand that you know it all, and you still offer us redemption and forgiveness and life. And so, God, would you make us men and women who would be honest and real about what you've done in us? And, and it's not complicated. It's, it's really simple. And there's a great courage that we can walk forward in because we know that you will never leave us or forsake us and that you have called us your own. So we thank you and praise you for the beauty of what Jesus has done and that, that we can just be honest about that with others. So help us to do that, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Campus Outreach. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without written permission from Campus Outreach. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at newyearsconference.com.